How's everyone doing? Doing all right? Good start to uh, 2024. Yeah? A couple, couple of years? Yeah, yeah, Tony had a good start. Excellent. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, um, I can't believe how, how, quickly, how quickly the month is rolling by. It'll be the end of January soon. Kids are going back. It's, uh, it's all happening. Hey, I'm going to start a, a new series, not today, but in a couple of weeks in, in February. And where it's, going to call, it's going to be called Home. And I would love it if you could help me out. Uh, if, you could, if you have a photo of where you feel at home, it could be a couple of photos. It could be, hey, at, the, at, um, at a cafe with some friends, okay? It could be a church. It could be around the dinner table. If you, could just, if you would just do me a favor and just scroll through your, your pictures, and if you would send some to me, right, because we just want pictures of people being at home, um, and so I'm going to do that with my, my family as well. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a series that is about our church and our vision and so on. And our, our place is, uh, we want this to be a, a reflection of what it feels like when we go, when we're home. When we, when we come home, because that's what heaven is. We, we're, we're around the table with our Father, and we are welcomed into a feast. We are welcomed home. And so that's what the church is meant to be. It's meant to be a reflection of what heaven is on earth. You with me? And so that's what we're going to be speaking about. It's going to be about our vision, but it's going to be from that perspective. So if you're on our Facebook family page and you want to add a few photos, a hashtag home, I would love that. And we will we will be playing it, uh, displaying it up on the big screen. So just, just you know, just know that. Uh, and if you're okay with your photo being up there, um, uh, then then please send it in. That would be really good. Um, Bethany already told me. You just got to make sure that you know she looks all right. I can't just. I got to check with her. I can't just send in any old photo. So please do the relevant checks as required. So today we're going to be speaking about um, something really. Um, uh, that's in line with what I spoke about last time. I spoke about abiding, and it's, it's along the same, same lines. As we orient ourselves for 2024, I want to encourage all of us to put Jesus at the center. And that's what I'm going to be speaking about. It's a real simple message. Put Jesus at the center. You know what would happen if the center of our solar system, the sun, and if you're wondering what that is, the sun was not the center. If that disappeared, what would happen to the rest of the planets? It would, it would literally just like fall apart. What would happen if you went to, you know, one of those circus tents and you got one of those big poles right in the middle? And you, someone, some kid went there and kicked the pole over. Not that you could do it with a big circus tent, but if you could do it, what would happen? What happens when you take Jesus out of the center of a Christian's life? Are you with me? So that's what we're going to be speaking about today, is putting Jesus at the center. And our key verse is going to be Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, uh, 37. It says this. pretty challenging. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Wow. 
Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This is a, this is a pretty big statement. Now what Jesus is not saying is that we need to love our mothers or our fathers or our sons or our daughters less. In fact, Jesus tells us to love our enemies, so the love of our mother and our father and our daughters and our family is to be pretty high. What he's, what's he saying is actually, my, the priority in your life towards me is to be higher than all of that even. Now, that might seem like a pretty self-absorbed, Jesus saying, you want to be the center, I want to be the center of existence, Jesus saying, but I want to put it to you that this type of lifestyle is actually a blessing to us. It's a blessing to us, and to, and to describe that, I, want to, uh, I kind of want to step into a drama. So each one of you are going to be a star in a drama today, is that Okay. Okay, don't worry, I'm not going to get you up on stage. Don't freak out. Some of you were just about to run out the door. You're going to be right where you are, but we're going to dramatize a, uh, a, particular, a particular part of Scripture, and that's Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. We're going to pretend that we were the first person that was created on earth. Okay, so, so, so here we go, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and it says this. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Before we go any further, I just want to pray. Can I just pray? Father, I just ask for your inspiration. I ask for the work of your Holy Spirit to be upon this place. I ask, Lord, that you would fill me, my mind, my understanding, so I could speak divine truth. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak into your people, that this words, these words would become a life, transformative, bear much fruit. I ask this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So, you, right where you're sitting, are the first person on earth. And God has formed you from the dust of the ground. You with me? All right. So, but right now, before he blows his breath into you, you're an inanimate object. I, I need you to embrace this. Are you with me? All right. I need you to step into, into Adam's shoes. I know some of you ladies are like, but I'm not a man. Just, just pretend. Well, okay, just, just, just go there with me, okay? All right. So, so you right now, before God breathed his breath of life into you, um, you're, you don't have any dreams. You don't have any desires. All right? You, you don't, you, you're not moving. Stop moving. All right? You don't have any feelings. Just reach over and slap the person in the face next to you. Just make sure they stay in character. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do that. If, if, if I told my boys to do that, they would be all over it. More than happy to. All right. You can't see anything. Just for five seconds, close your eyes with me. All right. Okay. Breathe out. And then the Lord God breathed into the nostrils and the breath of life and man became a living, a living being. Breathe in, breathe in. 
Your eyes are open for the first time. You're looking into the face of God. And then God starts to show you through the Garden of Eden. And everything's new. Everything's just like wondrous. It's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. And God gives you something to eat. And you're like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And over time, God goes, you can eat anything. You, can go, you don't go to eat that tree. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But you can have, and every day is a discovery. And God creates a companion for you. And now you have community. You have someone to share that with. And then you, you converse with God in the cool of the day. And, and you're talking about the things that you saw. I went over there and I saw this. And we went on that expedition over there. And I saw this animal. And the giraffes, man, they're crazy things. Right? And, 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 you, and it's all this that's happening for the first time. And in that, in that particular space, I want to ask you a question. What do you think was the most intriguing thing for Adam and Eve? What was, what was the most curious aspect? What do you think they were most interested in in all of that space? The giraffes. I don't think so. What, what do you think? Was it the different types of tastes? There were the, the, the different experiences, the beautiful colors of the sunset. Remember, they're experiencing everything for the first time. What was it? I think, I think the most interesting, mysterious part of their existence was trying to understand God. Who is this creator? Why are we here? Why did he make us? I mean, we see these beautiful things. What do these things say about him? What is going on? And as they talk to him, who are you? Like, you know, what is this? What is this relationship? What is the meaning of all of this? You with me? Like, isn't that, isn't that, does it, that makes sense to me. Like, they, they're there, they've been created by God, and God is the center of their understanding, is the center of their connection, and everything that they experience in this big, great world is an expression of this God. God is literally the center of their life. Now, that's the end of scene one. How'd you feel? Interesting? Interesting? Scene two is not as much fun. <laughs> scene two we step into, and sin comes into the world. Adam and Eve decide to disobey God. They take a step uh, in the wrong direction. They rebel. They decide for themselves. They, they eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And then a few things happen. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, it says, it says this. Um, they become self-conscious. The eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So what happened there? Let, let's just spend a moment to, to consider what happened. In this moment, they all, all of a sudden went from exploring the world and experiencing the world to considering what the world thought of them. Are you with me? They went from this experiencing the world and who is God? What's He done? And everything that we experience expresses something of this Creator. And we're finding out more about Him and our purpose and our existence. But then all of a sudden they went and did the same thing and they felt naked. And they thought, what does this world think of me? 
Do we, do, do we, do we, see, do we see that self-consciousness today? Absolutely. We call it identity. We call it self-esteem. We call it how people view us. If you're under 30 here, maybe 25, you probably didn't grow up in a world without social media. Right now, there's never been a time where there is more eyes on each and every one of us. And we are so self-conscious. We, we care about what other people think. We call this, and there's different, different ways to look at it, we call this identity. What's another thing that happened? Number two, we read about in Genesis 3.19, that earning a living became tough. He says, Genesis 3.19, it says, <laughs> maybe I didn't put it up there, sorry guys. It talks about how man would, um, there we go. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for, the dust, for dust you are, and dust you will return. Basically, look, it's, earning a living is tough. Anyone concur with that? <laughs> Anyone enjoy? You know, no, look, don't get me wrong. There's, there's times that we can go to work and we enjoy it. But the fact is that, you know, we are concerned about putting food on the table, having a roof over our heads. And, you know, you know, this, you know, this, this, this manicures are expensive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it, now it takes the effort to provide. Effort to provide for our families, effort to provide for our needs. This changed, this changed in scene two. From scene one, it was different. And then another thing happened. Now, there's lots more. I'm just picking up three things, but lots more that happened. And then number three is that pain and death entered the world. Anyone know what it feels like to have some pain? Like, you know, I started Taekwondo and, you know, um, my recovery rate is not like it used to be. Like I wrecked both my shoulders. I'm like, how is this happening? These things, these things happen. And then we have to deal with our mortality. And so what we see here, and I'm going to summarize this. Um, I'm going to summarize this in, in simply identity, perspective on material possessions, and our view of mortality. Identity, provision, and security. Adam and Eve didn't have, when in scene one, they didn't have these issues, right? And so it seems that they saw the world through the lens of God. It was all about God. It was all for God. It was all an expression. Everything was telling them and pointing towards their creator. But all of a sudden, when sin entered the world, and they became self-aware, and they considered how the world is looking at me. And they considered how I have to provide for myself. And they considered about their own safety. It's easy to see how they started to see the world through the lens of themselves. Are you with me? And they took God out of the center. And they put themselves in that place. And they looked at the world through the lens of their own needs. And that compounded over time creates a, a, it just creates a, a world of sin 
a world that is outside of the understanding and the purposes of God. I used to work in the cheesecake shop. Woohoo! And uh, that was when I was back at uh, high school and a little bit into uni as well. And when I was in high school, I, I think it was grade 10, I, I ended up getting glasses. And, um, and so when, we worked at the che- when I worked at the cheesecake shop, we had a, this massive uh, uh, fridge and freezer. It's one of those ones where you, you, you roll the door and you walked in. It was a big walk-in one. You had a, uh, just uh, shelves of cake. And uh, for some of you, that would represent heaven. But, uh, you know, I, I'm more of a meat man myself, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you'd have these, these uh, shelves from, from floor to ceiling filled with cake. And you'd go there and you'd, you know, get a couple, whatever the people ordered, you'd get a few cakes and you'd walk out and, you know, you'd close the door uh, behind you. And the, the problem was that in sometimes, in, particularly in summer, um, the humidity outside would be at a different level to the humidity in the fridge, and my glasses would fog up. You, you, has, has anyone experienced this, you know, my, my fellow glass-wearing people? And you have a slight problem when you walk out of a fridge with a number of cakes in your hand, and you can't see a thing. And so, you know, you, uh, I, uh, Jimmy, like, you know, that's when the edge of the glasses actually become handy. And you do these ones, and you walk up, put it, and then you'd have to, th- you, yeah, okay, you get the pain that I went through. But when we don't, the point I'm trying to make here, there is a reason to this story, but when we don't see things as they are, as God intended them to be, which is at Him at the center, and the whole world being seen through the lens of Christ, we start to see things in a foggy way. We start to look through the lens of our own pain and our own safety and and trying to preserve ourselves because we've all been hurt, whether it be physically or emotionally. Have you ever actually been in in a car accident? Hopefully not a serious one, but if you've ever been in a car accident like I have, the next few days, a few weeks, you're a little bit careful you know what I'm talking about? You're a, little bit, you're a little bit, you know, behind the wheel. It takes you a little while to get your confidence back, especially if the, if the, if the car accident has been pretty serious. And sometimes we live through the lens of pain or we live through the lens of, I need to provide for myself. And that becomes the perspective that we see the entire world through. Or... We have an identity problem. We have an identity issue. We, we care so much of what people think about us that we actually orient our lives around. And Jesus, Jesus is calling us to put Him at the center. Are you with me? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and 24 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, the Apostle Paul's talking to Christians here and he's saying, hey, you're called to put off that old way of life and to put on a new way of life 
which Jesus has given you. Now, I want to go through another scene. Okay, scene three, the last one. No more after this. I want you to pretend that you were one of the disciples. You were one of the twelve. You viewed Jesus' miracles. You saw him. You saw him break bread. You saw him break the fish, provide for thousands of people. You saw him heal the blind, make the lame walk. You saw all of that. And you had great hopes in your heart that this was the Messiah, but then you saw him crucified. And you were devastated along with the rest of them. But then you heard that someone said that he was alive. Now, you hadn't seen him yet. But one day when you were all together, Jesus entered the room, all together. And Jesus comes into the room, and we read this in John chapter 20, verse 20 and 22. He says this, Jesus showed them his hands. You see Jesus' hands? You see his side where they pierced him? The disciples, us, were overjoyed when they saw the Lord again. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed upon us. And we receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That happens in Acts 1. This is well and truly before that. And theologians tell us that this was the point of conversion. This is the people. This is them receiving salvation. But isn't it interesting that Jesus breathed upon them? Remember in scene 1? God breathed life, physical life into us. And when Jesus came, he breathed what? Spiritual life. Our eyes were opened. We started to see again. Because the whole, the whole um, revelation of Scripture after Genesis 3 is all about reorientating life to Christ at the center of our being and not us. And so we are being called, all of us here, to ask ourselves, God... Are you the center of my existence? Are you truly the center? Because if you're anything like me, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to see through the lens of my own pain. It's so easy to see through the lens of my own identity issues or the, the, the lens of my needs. But we are being called through the work of the Spirit in our lives to actually live in a way that we explore the world and we go on this adventure understanding that it is God who provides. It is God who keeps us safe. It is God who provides our identity. Are you with me this morning? Some, some small thoughts that would help us to understand who we are called to be. I want to suggest to us, it takes repentance. Repentance is just really putting Jesus back in the center. Maybe as I'm saying some of these things, you, you, you and as I was preparing for me as well, I realized that, that I'm perhaps not looking at, uh, at things through the lens of Christ. I'm looking at the things through the lens of fear. 
through the lens of I have to provide for myself, through the lens of I feel lost and I, and I don't want to go through that again, so what can I change? I, I, through the lens of I'm trying to control my life so it all works out for me when God says, you need to trust me. You need to put me at the center. And what that is, is taking repentance. And all repentance is, is simply saying, God, I see where I'm wrong and I want to change. Your way is right. Your way is good. Repentance. And it takes faith. Um, You know, when Adam didn't have these issues of safety, (laughs) he didn't have these issues of providing for himself, he felt no need, no shame. He didn't care what the world thought of about him. The world was there so he can experience God. When he didn't have the, it didn't seem to me that he needed a lot of faith. But as soon as sin entered the world, like it takes faith to believe the promises of God. It takes faith to go, you know, when God says, when God gives us a promise that all things work for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose, it actually takes faith to say, God, I'm going to choose to believe that even though it feels like I need to go and control and, and, and make things happen for myself. I'm going to choose to know that you have everything in control. I'm going to put you at the center of my life. I'm not going to take control. It takes faith to go, you know, God, I feel like I want to live this way. I've got some desires, I've got some sinful desires that I want to go and indulge in, but your word tells me that your way is best, so I'm going to believe that because your word says it. It takes faith. And so we, you and I, we're not called to live by feelings. We're called to be people of faith. And so my question to you and to myself is, are we starting this year with Jesus at the center. Maybe we need to reorientate something. Maybe as I'm speaking this, God is pointing out some stuff like, hey, that, hey, that. You need to give that up to me. You need to lay that down. I want to be at the center. Don't look at this world through the lens of your own human self- sinfulness. We are not called to react to this world. We're called to live. And living is viewing this world through the eyes of our Creator. Viewing our mortality. The fact that we're all going to die through the eyes of our Creator who has promised us an eternal life. Viewing our needs. Not like this life is not just about everything that we want. This life is actually about viewing everything that we have and everything that we're doing through the eyes of our Creator. What does it say about Him? To fill our lives with joy. Do we do things just so people can see? And what they think about us. Do we live our lives that way? It's a broken identity. And Jesus calls us into right standing. And beautiful scripture in Ephesians talks about opening the eyes of our hearts. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. As we end this morning, 
I'm going to ask our music team to join us. We're going to take communion together. Our host will hand out the communion. This is a moment for you, where you are. To say, to ask the question, God, are you the center of my existence? Are you the center? Do I view this world through the lens of Christ or do I view it through my own pain my own loss my own fears my own concern of how people perceive me or am I truly free to experience the beauty around me and see how God has called me to live and what this all says about him Can I return all these things back to God in worship and in praise? It takes faith. It's not an easy thing to do. It is so easy to get distracted. But what you have in your hands represents the death The sacrifice and the power that comes through the Spirit to live a life that is Christ-centered. To put Him above all things. To say, God, you, you're right there. I love you more than anything. I love you. I, I love my parents. I love my uh, kids. I love my friends. But you, you, you. You're well above. You're at the highest point. And in doing so, I, I, see, I see everyone differently. I see you. I see people. I see this world in a way that is filled with joy and to be returned back to you in praise. I'm an adventurer. Going through this land, experiencing the wonders that are the creation and the gifts of God. God, we take these emblems and we thank you for your body and we thank you for your blood which was broken, which is poured out for us and your body which is broken. We're told in Scripture to examine ourselves. I want to give you a moment just to come before God and if there is something that you think hey that God is showing you that that's that's at the center as opposed to Jesus being at the center I want to give you an opportunity to bring that before God
while we're in this holy moment, I want to give you an opportunity. There is someone here saying, you know, I know for a fact that God is not the center of my life, but I know He's calling me. He wants me to be. I want Him to be the center of my life. I want to follow Jesus. If that's you, I want to just give you an opportunity to pray a prayer with us, to invite Christ into your heart. But no one looking around, every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you saying, yeah, I want, I want to, I want to make Jesus the center of my life. I want to come to Him. I want to follow Him. Why don't you just put your hand up right now and put it down? Awesome. You can put your hand down. Is there anyone else saying, yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to follow Jesus? Is there anyone? Great. Before we take this communion together, I want to just lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart. It'd be great if we could all say it together. Jesus, I want to thank you for dying for me. I receive the forgiveness through your death on the cross. I turn from my old life to put you at the center. I thank you for this, and in your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. In the same manner, he also took the cup. After supper, saying, This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. God, we honor you. We honor your sacrifice and we look forward to your coming again. Let's drink together. Would you stand with me as we sing and celebrate? Let's just continue to worship, church. Just continue to sing how great God is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How great. How great is our God. Sing with me.
to declare that his name is above all names you're the Well, thank you for being here this morning. Oh, someone's excited. (laughs) I want to, if you need prayer for anything, um, this place is open for you. If you you are sick, um, if you need prayer for anything, if you raised your hand, we would love to chat with you as well. I'm going to be here up the front uh, just to give you something as a new Christian and to help you on that journey that God has called you to. But be blessed. Have a great week. Grab a coffee. If you're new here, we do have a free coffee and a gift pack for you. Grab that on the way out. And don't forget the Discover course. Uh, We'd love to have you part of that. Be blessed. Have a great week.